0: To a 9 to 5.cc podcast. Welcome
1: back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. On this episode, we talk about power outages in Texas, the demise of Daft Punk. Uh, it's been 20 years since All Your Base. We also talk about that Fleetwood Mac TikTok. Uh, we talk about the film, the big short, John Watched Verodica. Uh, which was a very good movie, and uh, Scott and I catch up on WandaVision. Just a reminder, if you like the show, uh, I would recommend subscribing over on Patreon.com slash 9to5cc at the 9 deluxe level where you'll have access to a mailbag and a bonus episode of 9ES that we record each and every episode uh, called Garbage Time. Uh, on this week's Garbage Time, we talk a bunch about the movie trailers that uh, came out recently, like uh, Corella, Mortal Kombat, uh, and I guess not movie trailers, TV show trailers. We talk about Loki and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. So check that out, patreon.com slash 9to5cc if you want to support. If not, uh, just tell your friends about the show and listen and enjoy it. We love you. Bye. (laughs) Listen, everyone. Know about the rest of you, but I personally like serifs. (laughs) Thoughts on serifs?
2: Depends on what you're talking about.
1: The number seven. The number seven is infinitely better if there's serifs on it. Little little thing. Sure. Think about how much fun you can add to a seven with serifs. Okay, but think about this. Let me counter.
2: Um, Mm -hmm. Every title page of your favorite comic book not Uh better with serifs.
1: Uh, Sandman. That's your That'd favorite be... comic book? I mean it's up there. I'm Neil Gaiman. I want to tell you a story. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to your dreams and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Why are we okay. opening with that? <laughs> Seraph I'm talk. Neil Gaiman.
2: <laughs> so I want to talk about um truck nuts.
1: Okay. Okay. This here is we a leading are. with the top story. I was like, That's are we going right to go right power, right, out, power right. outages in tra- Texas? Exactly. Uh, Daft Punk retiring? No. Truck no, nuts. No, That's uh, It's
2: actually about power outages in Texas. Oh. The home of truck nuts. I guess. <laughs> okay. It's so there. cold there. Are they pulling right up into the bumpers? Mm. That's it. That's, that was my joke. That was, that was the
1: one. <laughs> 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 oh, man. <I'm> a... <laughs>
2: I was I wrong. Prefer... It
1: was a great opening. <laughs> and so that's got... <laughs> Those power outages in man, Texas. I though.
2: thought about it, and I was like, I'm going to post this to Facebook. And I'm like, no, it's too good a joke. I'm going to save it for the boys.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, like, I don't know. Is there? I think the, the, the media has, has fully explained to everybody why the power outages in Texas are terrible. and, and there's Privatization. Like, there's so many... so privatization is one of the huge ones, right? Where they were like, it's... 90, 90% of the entire power grid is is been is not federally regulated because of, you know, Texas. There was and also just... a
3: report in in 2020 that said this is going to happen. That, well, that,
1: there, there, there was also uh, a Senate report when this did happen in 2011, <laughs> uh-huh. and they said, we don't know if the next time is uh, a year from now or 10 years from now, but if it catches us by surprise, that's on us. We have time to prepare. Wow, and wow, apparently, wow. and and that that like Senate hearing or Senate testimony was actually ten years to the day. Amazing! Of Amazing. the storm hitting, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And then the uh, and I guess the upside of all of this is that uh, Fox News, as I believe, getting sued uh for saying that it was the windmills fault for for it going was down the windmills fault correct nice. they were like Ocasio uh aoc's like green new deal would be deadly because she'll have us on wind power and it'll fall apart and all these all the wind turbines in texas froze solid and whatever uh-huh. and this and this and that uh, when windmills make up, uh, wind energy make up only about 25% of the grid, period. Mm-hmm. And second of all, the only reason in large part that they did fail was because they didn't like pay for winterized ones. Like even the manufacturers are like, yeah, we, we have them in like Alaska and stuff that sure can sure. handle the cold. Yeah. This is just not the ones that the Texas Power Company chose to build. That's not yeah. windmills fault. And apparently there's some kind of countersuit for defamation because they made windmills look like cheap and flimsy and all that. And they nice. were like, no, 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 back up. They can run in the cold. Those are just not the ones you bought. That's like getting mad at your car manufacturer for crashing your car because you don't own snow tires. I (laughs) have not
3: seen this on the media. This is my hot take.
1: Do you think
3: Texan roads are ready for this? Like we complain about how shitty our roads are in Quebec being frozen and unfrozen all the time. But we actually have roads that are like hardened for that a little bit. It's Can true. you imagine how shitty all of the highways are going to be in Texas for the next ten years? They don't
2: have any budget planning for this kind of damage. Nah, they're not going to be frozen unfrozen. There's not going to
1: be like yeah. water seeping in and then freezing again and then seeping in again and. Freezing. Yeah, I think if it's the one, if it's the one freeze, I think they should be okay. But if this happen, if this starts to happen all the time, yeah, I think it'll, it'll yeah. rip it out. If they like, imagine like they have a full thaw and then get hit by another wet winter storm, like before the other one thaws, so that you do get that melt and freeze, melt and mm-hmm. freeze. I feel that would rip up some some flimsy Texas infrastructure.
2: Yeah. I, I really like the idea of no one being able to drive around in the snow in Texas, despite it being quite possibly the home of the most four by four big
1: trucks. In right. all of the world, You don't I think mean, that they are. They're just driving around in their four x fours. Oh no, sir! <laughs> Go look at that video. There's a video of like a great big like Ford F one fifty whatever, just sit, like sliding sideways down like a smooth paved hill. Like just like <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. What's and a I winter was, like, tire? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that's some guy who was like racing slicks on. Yeah, exactly. That was some guy who's like. I can handle this. There's like, and, and the best is that there isn't even snow in the shot. Like It's just like, a, <laughs> it's just like an area where there was like a freeze, like a yeah. bit of rain and some freeze. And the guy was for sure like, I'll have a truck. And then you're like, choo. They're yeah. like, snow tires, man. They make a difference. Oh, yeah.
3: You talk and about then, fond memories of Daft Punk. That's the sad news of the day. Or is it... Uh, you think it's an excuse for a comeback tour? Please come back well, to Montreal, Daft Punk, please, please.
1: So so here's the whole... the. So there's been, obviously, uh, if you're not familiar, listener, uh, today Daft Punk released a video titled simply Epilogue, which showed a slightly... Well, the opening scene is exactly right out of Electroma, which I think a lot of people did not realize because I don't think, if I'm being honest, a lot of people saw Electroma. <laughs> Well, right. maybe a bunch of people saw the first
3: 30 minutes and then were like, uh, okay, maybe not.
1: How much that's more, more is there? Oh, yeah. two more hours of oh, this oh, oh,
3: wow. Oh, <laughs> that's a lot.
1: That's a long time. Let's look uh, at them
3: stand around in the desert some more.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so a lot of people were like, what a beautiful send-off. I was like, this was filmed 15 years ago. <laughs> like so. <laughs> no, no, no. But
3: there was a, there was a date, you know. I there were know, the
1: 1994 dates. to 2021. So. But the internet conspiracy, or I guess, I don't know, conspiracy is a, is a bold word. Fan theory yep. squad points out that in Electroma, uh, so in the video that they they, uh, they shared, it's the scene where uh, Silver Robot, known also as Thomas Bangalter, uh, is walking through the desert with Gold Robot, also known as uh, Manuel Homan de Cristo, mm-hmm. uh, and Silver Robot like, slows down and goes to a stop. Gold Robot comes back. Silver Robot takes off his Daft Punk leather jacket puts it on the ground, turns around. There's a self-destruct, I guess not self-destruct specifically for what a point I will get into later, uh, a destruct panel on his back. Uh, Gold Robot pulls it. He walks out. He explodes. But then is the silver hand and the gold hand making a triangle, and it says 1993 to 2021. And then Gold Robot walks uh, into the sunset. And explodes. No, it does not explode. The gold robot doesn't explode. The silver robot explodes. The gold yeah. robot just walks into the sunset. Now, fan theorists, and I, I'm very like, let me preface this by saying I'm pretty sure Daft Punk is done. But obviously it's the pandemic and I'm locked in the middle house and it's in late February. So why not get into some fan theory? Fan theorists point out that the end sequence after silver robot explodes is remarkably different from the end sequence in Electroma, where mm-hmm. Gold Robot wanders the desert some more, tries to kill himself, pulls off his Daft Punk jacket, uh, tries to get to his own panel, Kent, takes his helmet off, smashes his helmet, holds the shattered piece of the helmet up to the sky uh, with the sun, lights himself on fire, and then wanders into the desert on fire and uh-huh. falls down. Uh-huh. So, this is like a bridged So a story, but w- a bridge. it's not necessarily... But what they're also saying is they're like, perhaps this is just signaling the retirement of Thomas Bangletar because there's the two hands. And they're saying 1993 to 2021 was like gold robot and silver robot. And this may not be the end of whatever uh, Emmanuel Holman de Cristo may be doing something under that. The only official statement behind any of this is when they contacted the publicist and the publicist has only said Daft Punk as we know it is not a thing anymore. But that could still include just... Maybe Thomas yeah, Bang. I mean, they've both
3: had side stuff over the years. I I read a thing on Reddit that was saying Guy Manuel has suffered from health issues for like mm-hmm. fifteen years, and that it, yeah.
1: he, he's he doesn't. Well, yeah, I mean, well, more. that that's that's the other thing too, right? Is they have not. Uh, they have they they did the Alive tour in two thousand seven. Yeah. Then they played four shows since then. Yeah. They played three shows in two thousand nine, one show in two thousand ten. Then the only other live showing that they did was in twenty thirteen. Which was when they performed "Get Lucky" on the Grammys. And that was yeah. the only other like live show, and like live show in in air quotes because they've they've both like such the Grammys. Yeah. Well, not not just the Grammys, but even then, like like there's a there's an interview with Thomas Bangletart talking about how they were like electronic music as a function is they like is is a performance. It's not like a live production right they're like every like you you can modulate and pitch shift stuff and whatever but they're like all of the sounds that are going to happen in the show have been pre-decided it's not like as a band you can suddenly play a song that's not on the set list if we don't have those sounds programmed in it ain't happening it's not going to happen right they're like obviously the the, i'm sure they come in with way more sounds than they use and whatever else and there's a ton of room for a little bits of it but they always said they're like that's one of the reasons why they leaned into the illusion is because they were like at the end of the day, an electronic show is just two guys like pushing buttons and turning knobs, and they're like, it's not the most interesting thing. Like when you see a guy like you yeah, know yeah, yeah. getting into a guitar or whatever, you're like, that's a thing. You're like, dudes just pushing buttons, it's not really a thing. And they're like, so we always leaned into the show. Was, so. was it really
3: '93? Homework.
1: Homework. Uh, no, homework 94? was '95, '96. But it's like, but they got together and played like the Paris house parties and stuff right, in '93. Right, they Richard, they formed the entity of Daft Punk. Like, there's a there's a mix or whatever that you can get from them from like 93 or 94 hmm. back when they just, you know, wore like bags on their heads or whatever before they were robots. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah. And that's I heard the exact same thing is that they were there. They were and slash are in no shape or form like capable. Actually, of it was even. 97. That was the first album, right? Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, if Daft Punk is going to continue in some other form. hmm. Uh, who would be the worst person you could think of that would become the new partner? Cardi B, Donald Trump,
1: <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus. I don't know. I think Billy Ray Cyrus could make it work, man. He did. Uh, he did pretty good with Lil Nas X. He did. Like... He did. <laughs> <But> imagine <laughs> him playing with a robot. <laughs> I, I, I want Sarah and I went out with, like taking taking the the the. the the fan theory and that anybody could be Daft Punk or whatever, but then kind of playing with it uh, to the Batman thing, they could make Daft Punk Inc., and it's just they like, there's just there's other
3: guys could put on the
1: helmets that easily. They're the same height. They're stealing their shit already. It's... <laughs> <laughs> there's a little one and a tall one. that's, yeah. that's, that's it. But I was like, I would have, I think that if they did like a Daft Punk Inc, where it was just like other artists, but like under the, the, the somehow like banner of like the robots who make music or whatever, I would, oh, man, that. I don't want to see Pharrell with a robot head and that stupid hat on no it would have to be like <laughs> it would if they did anything with it though i feel that that would be the call would be to more make it like some sort of a label or a distribution for like unknown artists or whatever i think that like it there's another guy and it's a new robot doesn't just, one of them already the have a
3: production house
1: yeah probably yeah. but it might not be under the brand but i'm like if the brand is not uh what's the word If if they are going to do anything with the brand which i'm pretty i'm relatively sure they're not and they're done yeah i think they the the one part of me that gets like bummed out is like not to say that there necessarily would have been anything i would have been able to attend because i don't know like their last couple shows were in like berlin and were these mega festivals and like madison square garden and whatever but i part of me is like even more bittersweet because maybe they were holding out to do something but then the pandemic was like no you it was know, supposed like a,
3: to be in a live twenty seventeen. I th- I heard that talked about.
1: Yeah, but that could have been maybe canceled for health issues and whatever. Yep. But I was like, but like, it's one of those things that like you could kind of see potentially, if not getting amped up for a tour, maybe getting amped up for like a send off show, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Like, okay, we can't necessarily hit a whole tour, but like we'll do one last show to to do the thing because like they never, like technically outside of the one time they played Get Lucky on the Grammys, they've never played any Random Access Memory songs at any shows. Period. Hmm. Right, because that came out 2013, three years yeah. after they stopped playing shows. So, man, it's weird. So you also asked the question, John. Uh, how do how do you think Random Access Memories holds up? I did, did you go back did. and listen to it. I did not. Uh, I listened to it a little while ago. Like, uh, I actually remember listening to it at some point, probably the beginning of the winter. I like uh-huh. listened to it start to finish. I like, like I. I I I think I mean I, I detailed this in the emails. Like it was 2005 was this human after all. 2005 yeah. was human after all, which like I pointed out had human after all had steam machine had robot rock. Like it, there's like bangers on human after sure. all. Slightly and less, slightly less, sure. But then it then 2007 had alive, which was a, a masterpiece beyond compare, and and kind of also like defined what these electro bands essentially all did like just yeah. now does that chemical brothers does that. Like all of the guys that have the discography to do the, like, let's just mix our shit into our shit. It and was just-
3: so good though. So good. So yeah. Good.
1: Without a doubt, you can still listen to a live 2007 and have, like, they're like, how do you play, like, a Greatest Hits album? All <laughs> at just, the same time. <laughs> you just make it all happen at the same time. And yeah. that's literally, like, the template for what a lot of the electronic bands do these days, mm-hmm. is that. Um, it's, it's probably, like, up there with the best, most
2: groundbreaking live albums of all time.
1: Probably. I mean, I, like...
2: you go, like, like, Kiss Alive, Peter Frampton... Nirvana unplugged and the Metallica live set. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can throw Daft Punk up there as that
1: like huge, big, I would say Daft Punk alive is the only, only live album I've listened to like 20 times, <laughs> like live albums. I'm, I'm usually like, this is pretty good. <laughs> and then yeah. that's kind of like, that, it. I think the Nirvana unplugged album uh, is uh, up there
2: for sure. me. yeah. But and yeah. like, like, Peter Frampton Live is like a huge record. Yeah, it's a big deal. And Kiss Alive was one of their best-selling records. Mm -hmm. And man, that Metallica box set was like... All their music videos were from that set, Hmm. from the Black Album. Except Mm -hmm. for like Sandman. So...
1: Yeah. But yeah, so then I think that's where Random Access Memories... I felt felt like a letdown because it's just sad robot music, right? Like there's like the "Get Lucky" is really the only dance song on it. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah,
3: ish.
1: I, I, and, I found and, it and strange it, that they leaned on, on co-op collaborators. You know, they yeah. like
3: didn't that was like a new step for Daft Punk and something that like a lot of other. Yeah, I found a lot well, of albums these days have that, where there's like a core and then a whole well, bunch of collaborators. I mean,
1: I think that that I think that it was just that the uh, collaborators were a little more well known, right? Like Daft Punk has not sung, like neither of those two guys have sang a single lyric in their life, right? Like there's always been collaborators; they're just not established people, right? Like every lyric you've heard sung yeah, in a yeah, Daft yeah. Punk but, song.
3: But their lyrics are not like it's not like a song in the in the sense. It's like they put words that are become an instrument, you know. Yeah. Whereas I mean, in Random Access Memories, you have
1: vocal elements that are more traditional. I don't know. Discovery has a lot of singing, like digital love and all that stuff. And it's like, like there's, it's popped up for sure. One more like time. I'm just saying, not one more huh? time. one more time. Yeah. One more time. That's popped definitely a singer. Sure. He passed away during COVID. Did he? Uh, the singer? Yeah. was yeah. it? Uh, some French guy. Like hmm. it, it's who's like, He's not just a Daft Punk singer, right? But he's not like he's also not like Julian Casablanco or Pharrell or Chili Gonzalez or like. Yeah,
3: I don't think you're like. My point still stands that
1: it's like a a departure for the Daft Punk style. Yeah, and that's and that that was kind of where, upon listening to it, I I think that it just it felt like a letdown. But upon re listening to it and kind of letting it in, you're like, oh, this is like. A sad robot song, <laughs> like all of it is just, and and it kind of almost makes more sense, especially now as we know that it's probably the last release. That mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, it's just it's like the Denyuma, and it's like the shutdown sound of the computer is mm-hmm. random access memories. Ooh, 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 ooh.
2: It's but, iPod music with an interview with Giorgio Moroder. What's <laughs> <laughs> the Giorgio Moroder interview? Yeah, it's iPod music. It's not made to be played in stadiums. It's it's. Yeah, it's like People it's doing quiet the workout like, and you listen to it or you're walking the dog and you listen to it. It's,
1: it's, yeah, like put, it's nice. putting it on to like draw. <laughs> I can <laughs> sure. see it being like pretty, pretty, pretty enjoyable. But yeah, like well, there's the hang on, I random access. I mean, I liked it a lot, but I don't mind saying that
3: I was a little disappointed. I was hoping for something that would be like blendable into another alive level energy and that, that they they did not oh yeah do
1: that. it's a complete it's a complete other energy that they're yeah. that they're bringing but then at the same time if you're if you're thinking that with what we know about like uh what's his name <laughs> uh Guy manuel if his health was failing and stuff like you're probably on a lot more down headspace mm-hmm. and whatever than you possibly would be when' like six years ago you were like jamming stadiums sure and stuff. sure sure so, And it was also hey, post Tron,
2: right mm-hmm so I feel like there's a pretty straight line from Tron to Random Access Memories. I feel like there was a straight line from Tron to the bank. Hey! <laughs> no, nah, man, they did great on Tron. I feel oh, like that was a pretty inspired
3: They don't have to not do great to also
2: do it as a job.
3: That was definitely Disney money backing on big old truck up.
2: Yeah. Also, Tron, apparently... That's also an inspired choice by Disney to yes. do it. Like, yes. they could have done any number of Daft Punk wannabes for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: that's very true. Very true. Apparently, apparently as I'm reading this right now, um, apparently uh, Giorgio Morador like did not know what they were planning.
0: Really?
1: <laughs> like, like it was literally <laughs> just like an interview that they did. They wanted to do with him. And like, he was like, I didn't know what they were doing it for, or if they were going to use it for a song or anything. And they, they just like, put it out to their own music. That's Daft fucking It was just sort of like, we would like to sit down and talk with <laughs> Giorgio Morador and then just did it and turned it into a track. But yeah, no, like I'm looking at the track right now. Uh, Game of Love, I like. Instant Crush, I like. Lose Yourself to Dance, I like. Get Lucky is Danceable. Uh, Doing It Right, I like. Like, there, there's. It's good. It's just yeah. very not not Daft Punk 2007. Yeah. Like, I think that's the. And I think that that was the initial reaction was like, everyone was like, yeah, Daft Punk's here to make the party happen. And then they were like,
2: beep, boop, boop, boop.
1: And you're like, oh,
2: (laughs) Giorgio. Exactly. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Could you imagine planning a huge dance party? Just like everyone get ready to party, pop your pills now, press play. (laughs) And there's an interview with Giorgio Moroder, and you're like, huh, (laughs) okay.
1: (laughs) Everyone's sitting around thinking. It's a nine minute track. It's so good. It's that
2: little ticking sound. Everyone's like, okay. uh,
1: this is educational. The best, the best part about it is that it's track three. <laughs> you know, like like I think about the uh, the high fidelity like mixtape where you're just sort of like you kick it start off with like a bang, and then you like kick it up a notch, then you take it down a notch. They were like, "Yo, you want to hear it take it down a notch?" <laughs> <laughs> a ten minute long interview. <laughs> like, oh man, <clears throat> that that's that's also like. As as much as I too, as the as the party goer in me, was just sort of like, what the shit? Like it's still a monster flex to not put that as like the last track or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're just like, here we go. You ready for this? It's happening. Oh man, but yeah, I guess like a lot of people are like, I think bummed and it, it is certainly noteworthy, right? Like it's like, it's literally all over the news. Like I think the video already has like 4 million views or whatever, or something like within the span of only You're a fairly couple of beloved hours. group. Right. But I'm like, but again, their last thing was eight years ago.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: and their last thing before that was 16 years ago. Like, it's just like the fact that they're like we're not making any more things. I had kind of figured they might not be anyway. It's just kind of like oh they're they're over. That's that's a bummer. Yeah. Anyway, special special Daft Punk moments in your life?
2: Anyone? Uh, Archer really really liked Interstellar when he was like three years old. We watched it a lot. <laughs> it's
1: the worst things to watch with a three year old man like yeah, that
2: three until like five we must have watched it a good 20 times like enough for him to like know what was happening know what was coming up next cool get into it yeah 1997 my brother
3: brought home daft punk uh and it was like one of the first times i looked at him and was like oh shit he did something good
1: (laughs) and that was the first time i thought hey little brother
3: no but it's like a, bring, so bad bringing home music for the little brother to bring home music is a, is a bit of a twist usually the older brother is the one with all the tunes and the, the little brother grows up listening to his older brother's tunes hmm. how
0: old was
3: he in 1997 he's three years younger than me so uh it would have been 14 or something
1: yeah okay yeah, I think that by he's, the time I was, 14, he's like
3: more into music than I am, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. But uh... yeah,
1: I, I was also trying to figure. I think that by age fourteen, I had better taste in music than my brother by like a pretty big margin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think that like, and I think that is also the only type of music that my brother and I ever really did bond over was literally like that period, like late '90s stuff, like Prodigy, Chemical Brothers, Daft Punk, Crystal Method, like, because my brother liked the very bad music uh like electronic dance music of the 90s like we're talking like two unlimited and cnc music factory and snap and like crystal waters and like and then like i went even further into it to have all the mc mario mixes and all that ooh, stuff and like, ooh, yeah exactly. see mario yeah that that was and what my brother played in his car mm-hmm. a lot of the times uh, and I usually listen to more like punk and stuff uh, as I was getting into music when I was like 13, 14. Like my first like Green Day was a big deal when I was like 12, 13. And then getting in using that as a gateway into more interesting punk. But then that like the French like harder slash UK electro scene and whatever was stuff that we both enjoyed. So That Boy Slim also was a big one. But like, yeah, like where we could put stuff on in my brother's car that I was not just like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I too enjoy this. So there was like a bonding the, the nexus of my brother and my music taste was literally that, that late 90 electronic kind of heyday for, for all those bands. Uh, Man, also um, 14, 15, it was
2: the end of Guns and Roses and Metallica for me and the start of grunge music, like picking up uh, Nevermind and Pearl Jam's 10 and, Mm-hmm. listening to all that stuff does smash from pumpkins fit into that for you scott yep, yep. the album i've bought the most over and over again is siamese dream
1: mm-hmm. why have it's you ages. bought it so many times you always leave it at a girlfriend's house and break up there
2: yep sometimes or <laughs> left it at a party or have it filched out of my binder when i left it to go to class or i bought it at
1: least five times
0: jerks yep. yeah you know
1: it happened in so the realm of in the world of, of feeling uh, feeling old, I guess Daft Punk was only four years old when All Your Bass came out. Is that mm-hmm.
3: right? It's a 20 year anniversary <laughs> of All Your Bass. <laughs> uh,
1: how many mixtapes uh, or mix CDs, I suppose, featured both Daft Punk and All Your Bass out in the Sci Fi Music Club? Probably a good many of them. I don't,
3: know. I don't actually recall people putting All Your Bass onto a CD at Sci Fi. I remember everybody looking at that video. Certainly at Sierra, that was like one of the things that we got into.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel that there was lineage. definitely the, – the, the techno mix of All Your base was definitely on a John Verrill mix. Oh, that, I believe it. Without a doubt. And then I feel that maybe it crept up into a couple other mix cities and stuff. Maybe Kyle might have thrown it in mm. somewhere.
2: Along with you some have, Strong Bad.
1: Yeah. You have no choice to survive. Make your time.
2: Yeah. Oh, man, John, you just talked about another casualty of this year. Strong Bad? Yep.
1: Flash Wait, got...
2: died. <laughs> Flash true. died. The whole Homestar Runner site was gone. Yep. and that killed Homestar Runner. Done. That... Really? Didn't even It was all Flash. That makes me kind of sad that
3: they wouldn't have an emulator available that you could you could like package it in. No, man.
2: There's DVDs uh-huh. and YouTube videos and stuff, but none of the, the playable. Holy shit. Secret. All like, the interactive
1: and... shit is probably is gone, right? Yep. It's homestarrunner.com. It's dot. No, it's homestar no, homestarrunner.net. It's, it's dot com. com. <laughs> John is looking it up as we I, speak. I am.
3: Uh-huh. And it's pretty static.
1: Yeah, there is so. Oh man! I mean, you know, they had. I watched that. I watched the OG All Your Base video, and I think the the, the thing about that was also just like that. It was a million things that were already memes. That they then they like they transpose like all your base into like the Bill Gates uh, mugshot and whatever, and and all the the weird coffee things or whatever. And I was like, oh right, the memes were just nonsense. (laughs) Like like before they were just recycled again and again and again, like all the bad luck Brian's and all that, where you just like had the self caption. They were just like a thing. Yeah. That You're we like, and here it is. It's gone now. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel that the like meme, like memes had, not, this is so stupid to say, but like memes had like room to breathe. Now, like memes hit like critical mass and get played out in like 24 hours, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like you're yeah. like a meme would have like an evolution. Like someone could like post it. Everyone would be like, "Ha, ah, this is funny. Share that. And then like a day or two later, you'd be like, here's that same picture with another caption, as I, opposed to being like, here's 10,000. I
3: think also that the like meme factories have been kind of diluted and shut down for a long time. It was the something awful forums like Photoshop mm-hmm. Friday was a generator of that shit for a long time. And then 4chan was, but I feel Perhaps as though 4chan has been co-opted slash destroyed in the last decade, you don't quite see the same level of, of stuff coming out of there. Or if, if it is, like it's it's so co-opted by the time it reaches my eyes that it's no longer funny,
1: you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't imagine just with the amount of media attention that it's garnered that like anyone worth anything is still like sharing memes that's, on 4chan.
3: <laughs> that's the thing. And like has there is there something out there that's replaced those two? I don't know parlor reddit maybe you know or tiktok you know like whatever is the new
1: video sharing app the kids are into these days but even then it hits like like shit hits critical mass so fast right like the sea shanty thing where they're sort of like someone started singing sea shanties now everybody is now they're talking about the tiktok on the news like i think that's also the weird the The fleetwood mac one i didn't see a fleetwood mac there's a fleetwood mac sea shanty
2: no there's a fleetwood mac tiktok meme explain it you guys haven't seen it. This one was actually not... made it to to my parents' kind of level of of infiltration. And maybe that's why I didn't. Perhaps not like It was. Having... It went so big. It went from kids to my grand to my grandma, and just like it was huge. So there was this guy whose car broke down and he couldn't get to work, and he just posted a TikTok of him skateboarding on his longboard to work first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. singing along to a Fleetwood Mac song, drinking an entire bottle of Ocean Spray cranberry juice. Okay. And it became a meme and everyone else started doing it, including Mick Fleetwood.
3: <laughs> was it generated by the Ocean Spray Cranberry Juice marketing team?
2: Because it sure fucking sounds like it. No, but they were really quick to jump on it because once they found out, this guy got interviewed and he was like, yeah, I don't, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I don't drink anything except I like cranberry juice because mm-hmm. it, it's sour and it's got a kick. And they were like, man, your car broke down. Here's a new pickup truck. It's cranberry red. And it's full of ocean spray. Let's get on the news with this. Uh, <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's a commercial, but they gave this dude a new car.
1: Yeah, not I terrible. Mean, I feel there is such a thing as accidental commercials. Like, if this guy was just filming and drinking something. <laughs> if if you watch it,
2: it's the definition of the most wholesome meme you've ever seen. Because he's just like this hard luck dude having a, a good morning in the sunshine, even though everything else is going wrong. And you're like, <laughs> oh. I like that. That feels good. He looks like he's having a good time.
1: Yeah. That's not what I want out of my memes. <laughs> meant, give it a try, John. <laughs> what was the, 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 the TikTok one that I saw this week that cracked me up is like, it's one of those ones where it's like, they put like a big head filter on and then they walk in on their knees. So it kind of looks like a kid and it's like, Hey, can I go to Chad's house? It's just like with a high pitched voice. It's like, hey, can I go to Chad's house? And he's like, oh, sure. But like, you know, it's like a tough neighborhood. Whatever. And just sort of like, if someone like offers you crack, I say, yes, I want that crack. No, you don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> just like, if a stranger offers you like like candy, I get in that van and I get that candy. No, you don't. <laughs> like, yeah, that's good. Uh-huh. But then it comes and goes. I don't know. I I have such a small small window of like if it pops up. There's a couple of people that I follow on Instagram who are like friends of mine, like they're actual people, but they're really good at sharing and like certain funny tweets and TikTok videos and whatever. And if that if they don't share it, I'm not looking for it. Like I'm like I'm not gonna go in I, I, I barely go like, on
3: Reddit anymore. I'm just on on Y Combinator.
1: Y Combinator. Explain yeah. Y Combinator. Like I'm five.
3: Um so Y Combinator is like a venture capitalist startup engine
1: okay
3: and there's a page called news.ycombinator.com that is Mm -hmm. like reddit but it's more perused by computer programmers and venture capitalist type people okay and uh that's it it's just it's like reddit but it's more nerd oriented and news and and um uh, and like john carmack posts there and fucking smart people post there as opposed to just the tide of shit coming out of reddit
2: uh, I like that site better, John, when it was called Slashdot.
3: Well, so Slashdot, I, I I actually tried going back there the last couple of years just to see if things were, were still hopping, and it felt pretty dead. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I I remember very fondly Slashdot. How did they not capitalize and become Reddit? I, I wonder. Because they were there uh, like heavily, years ahead of time.
2: Heavily um, moderated posting privileges. Right. You could not get on the front page of Slashdot without being one of the insiders.
1: Hmm. I, I think that's the... I that. And, like,
2: the, and it, there were like moderators who were taking other people's submissions and resubmitting them. Ooh. They were just like, oh yeah, that's cool, but no one's going to pay attention to it unless I post it. And that kind of
1: weird... Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not wrong. Like, I feel that even happens on Reddit all the time. Like or, and, and has been for a very long time. Yeah, but like... not in
2: the same way because... You could just open a new subreddit and make your own thing. While on slash dot, you couldn't really do that. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a bad moderator in a bad group, everyone will leave and go to another subreddit. I don't know They're that that's making. totally
3: true. World news is quite tightly controlled. Our Canada is quite tightly controlled. People complain about it all the time. And there's like slash r slash Canada politics slash r slash on guard for the. People have tried to make alternate ones. Never really works. There's plenty of people who complain about moderators going crazy, and uh, like as a as a like a footnote to the whole um, Wall Street Bets story, there was a guy, one of the original founders of Wall Street Bets, sold the rights to the movie <laughs> despite not participating in the in our Wall Street Bets for like years and years. You know, huh. there's, there's shitty moderators, which, which, which I mean, that's
1: very Wall Street Bets. It's enough. on it's on brand for Wall Street, <laughs> sure is, sure is. <laughs> Um, speaking of wall street bets, uh, Sarah and I watched, uh, the big short on Friday. Oh, okay. Had you not seen it? Uh, Sarah had not seen it. I had seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I was kind of confused as to how I had, I, I feel maybe she might've fallen asleep or whatever. Cause I was like, how have I seen this movie and you didn't might've mm-hmm. just been maybe on a plane. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it holds up. It's still real good. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, like we've all seen it. Sure. In the big short scott you would love the big no. short
2: would i it looked totally like something that i would not care about
1: no it actually so the big short makes uh makes the correct decision to like lean into like wall street financing almost like by way of guy Ritchie, <laughs> like Hi. where like it's a lot of like. It can't be this crazy, is it? That crazy? Let's go and do this thing. It's that crazy. Doo 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 do do. do, do, do. <laughs> like, well, Crash yes, the it, economy. But... <laughs> exactly, that's it. Like, it, it's much more. It's much funnier than you're expecting it to be. Uh, the characters are a lot more endearing than you expect them to be in like a lot of ways. Uh, it explains all of the the financier like and like world in clear enough ways that it, like you get the high notes so you can understand why this is crazy. And and it plays just like a, a comedy, an incredibly dark comedy. Like there's like the amazing scene where two of the youngest guys, it, it basically, I think establishes three of the main people that managed to profit off of this in various degrees, right? Like there's the, uh, the Burry character played by Christian Bale who profits the most off of it, probably singularly by being the first guy to literally invest over a billion dollars uh, into betting against the banks and furthermore also establishes a way to bet against the banks. Like there wasn't even the method to short these loans period. He just went in with his sacks of hundreds of millions of dollars to all the major banks and was like, I would like to do this. And like, there's the line, which is just like, absolutely just horrifying is they're like, this is wall street. We will take your money. Like, <laughs> they're like, why would you want to do this? We'll do it. And then they're all, and it's, they're actually all celebrating <laughs> Like, what an idiot. We just got 100 millions of dollars. And that triggers the uh, the Ryan Gosling character who's like, I'm not smart or whatever. But he's like, if someone wanted to do this so bad, I owed it to myself to look into, like, is this real? <laughs> like, like, it's very rare that someone would be like, I'm an idiot who would like to spend $1.3 billion, right? Like, if someone cool. wanted to bet that hard, they could be an idiot. But this at least warrants, like, a second look. And then he finds out, basically, yeah, the whole lending scheme of, like... Subprime
3: uh, mortgages.
1: Sub subprime mortgages being packed into uh, getting getting track trenches, the getting the AAA rating, even though there should be no reason to it. Then CDOs also maintaining mm-hmm. that AAA rating because then they're the debt repackaged. Then synthetic CDOs, which were like betting against the CDOs failing, like it is like spiraling out of control. So that character then goes to an, a smaller hedge fund uh, managed by Steve Carell's character they go in i think they make a couple hundred million or whatever it is like i think they they initially go in for 50 and they go in for more but then there's the there's young kids who are really just really just like imagine us like they they started with a hundred thousand dollars of investment money and they made a career off of shorting things like betting like small bets on shorts that had high payouts and they were Mm -hmm. like which they turned uh, I think they were like $110,000 of capital into almost $30 million of capital within the span of four or five years, anyway. And then, in the span of about six months, by doing by shorting Wall Street, they turned they quadrupled that again into uh, $120 million.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: one of them apparently straight up walked away with essentially $60 million, like just being like, "Okay, goodbye. I'm 25, whatever the fuck it is," <laughs> like, <laughs> which is pure insanity. But there's like, at one point, there's like kind of that almost a Guy Ritchie style montage of the two of them like hustling at Vegas, getting all of these security firms to take their short swaps. And they're like, woo. And they're all like celebrating and they're like high-fiving and drinks or whatever. And their mentor is played by Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt just stops. And he's like, stop that. Just, just stop it. He's like, if if you're right. And I think we are, you're celebrating the demise of the American economy. Like, (laughs) like millions of people are going to be out of work. Millions of people are going to lose their houses. Like, like I understand what we did and I understand that it was going to happen whether we did this or not like there was nothing we could do to stop this except for profit <laughs> you know like we, you know like there's like there's nothing we can do to stop this so why not bet against it that's also kind of like the Steve Carell character comes around to that too he's like he's like this is evil and this is wrong and I can't stop it but I can get rich from it. I'm like, what a weird dilemma, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there's literally nothing. They were like, "Cause what can they do? Can they be like, like they, they get laughed out of banks? Like at one point, like the Steve Carell character, uh, and this is this is apparently based on an actual like a, a factual thing that happened, like during one of these security uh, conferences in in Vegas or whatever the hell it is. He like raises his hand and is chewing out the guy on stage to be like, your securities are are bad and they're terrible and just like whatever else. And he actually did this in a conference in Vegas, like with everybody around, he wasn't like keeping it a secret. He was yeah. like, this is going to fall apart and dissolve. Like what confidence do you have in this? I'm like, I have hundred percent confidence. He's like, you should have 0% confidence. You should have 0% confidence in what you're selling right now. Yeah. Like he did that in a room full of people and then just like took a phone call and walked out like, they told people, just no one believed them, you know? So they're like, so at what point, why not get rich off of it in a weird, sick way? Uh, and How then, sad yeah.
3: that, like, nothing has changed from the horrible world of gamesmanship of to fair, finances to now.
1: I watched the interview with, uh, at the, the character's name is Mark Baum. The real guy, I believe, his name is named Steve Eisner, the Steve Carell. Character and and while he has talked, he talked about the the bespoke tranche investing, which are also like the new name for CDOs and all that stuff. He's like, it. He's like, I'm not saying that they fixed it, but he's like, the amount of risk that can happen, it can't spiral the way it did. Because he's like, we like for instance, it was like CDOs and stuff. He's like, there's no reason that it should have like tanked the world economy. Mm. And he's like, I believe that with the system that they put in right now they can't tank the world economy anymore. Like it can't spiral to the point that it did. He's like, I don't think that they fixed the system, but he's like, there is, it is a significantly less risky system that they've put into place now. Right. Not to say it's, it's like, he's like, there's still problems. (laughs) Like he's like, it's not like they got it all right, but he's like, they can't game it to the level that they did because there's been like certain limits that what you can, Like, put your money in and the amount of risk that you can assess. Like, it's something like the with the like with the CDO, like packaging and loaning. They at the time had certain ones where they were like 35 to one or whatever was like the the crash value. And he's like, now he's like, it's it's capped at like 10 to one. That's still a huge, huge, huge risk, right? But he's like, that's still only a third of the risk that they were allowed to do 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. which I mean, I guess is like baby progress but yeah okay. the whole like no one going to jail and all that stuff is do just you want like to list
3: it is that
1: i mean is if, this... if you if you have enough recollection of it we could we could list probably it
3: probably not it's you know like i i wasn't that invested in the movie because when the whole crash was happening i read a lot about about it so i felt like i was just seeing a dramatization that i didn't really need to see
1: dramatized mm-hmm. um, I would go ahead and. But if then, you want to we, go ahead and do it, you no, know, we can hold off. And, and yeah. it's on Netflix, so if you, if either of you yeah. guys uh, want to watch it, it, it's it's way more fun than you're thinking, Scott. It's like if you don't mind the fact that there is the dark undertone of this is uh, this wrecked the American economy, like the thing that they're talking about it. But it's not about that. It's about the guys who were essentially like smart enough for whatever to do it, and and it like it points out like some of the errors, like when they go down to Florida. And Steve Carell is getting a lap dance from a stripper, trying to figure out how many loans she has out in her name, (laughs) and then finds out that she has, like, six or seven different loans and like, five houses and a condo. And he's like, what? Just, like, freaking out. (laughs) It's like, why would they loan you all this? Uh, I feel like I would have
2: liked this movie if it had more Oakland Athletics in it.
1: Kind of. (laughs) Yeah. It plays a little like Moneyball.
3: Uh but yeah. Let's no, talk I would... About a movie that had no charm or likable characters, but mm. it did have a dark undertone. Did it was
1: it erotic?
3: <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <I> mean... <laughs> so we are speaking of course about Glenn Danzig's Verotica. I mean I keep writing Vamp
1: Verotica. Verotica. <laughs>
3: so I think he actually has a comic book that this was based off of. Um, so do you remember, um, mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg's Horror in the Hood? Yes. Okay. So Horror in the Hood was bad. It was like a bad, it was like a, a three vignettes, three little horror movies wrapped into one with like a Crypt Keeper type of character inter- introducing the different sets. That's, that's what this was. But I think with Horror in the Hood, people kind of like were having fun. They like wanted to be doing it, you know. They're like gonna have a good time and get blazed with Snoop and and fuck. Maybe a movie was gonna come out of it. Mm-hmm. But, a little, a little camp, a little black situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Veronica, no, you could tell nobody wanted to be there, and like everybody <laughs> was like kind of creeped out by Glenn. I don't know. I'm making that mm-hmm. up. Maybe, maybe they weren't creeped out by Glenn, but maybe, maybe they were, and maybe he was just like standing off stage and yelling stuff at people, <laughs> and then like. All the girls are constantly taking their tops off and they're delivering terrible lines and they're doing it with really bad music and that the, the like the the footage is wooden the lighting is like flat the their there, there are camp moments right and these are like the best moments of it but they're just like soaking in boring, it's, Bad.
1: It's, like the thing, I'll, I don't remember exactly when we shut it off, but we shut it off in the first, sometime in the first vignette. And there was Did so get to much. you
0: see
3: the tit eyeballs? The yes. booby eyeballs? Okay. So, like that, that could be kind of interesting
1: to lean into, you know? Like that might be worth a little story. The ingredients were kind of there. Yeah. Right? Even, even that weird flat gray, like the set dressing and all that stuff, I felt was a big nod to the like old Vincent Price flicks and stuff like they were like Maybe. castle like, like we are in a castle and you're like it's not a castle like that's a papier-mâché wall but you know like there was such an opportunity to lean into a fun campy experience but instead right. it's just dry and flat and boring
3: yeah and it and like the, the like erotic quote-unquote parts of it were just topless ladies delivering lines you know there was like not a lot of like eroticism soaked into it and then in the horror sense of it there wasn't a lot of horror soaked into it either because just everything is so flat and then and then okay oh no there's blood oh no she's cutting the girl's neck and now it's spewing blood everywhere but it but it's like it's just so dry did you get to the french accents in the first one maybe it's supposed to be i guess it's supposed to happen in france they all it's all clearly american actors with just like the worst french accents oh the freak did not kill her it's so strange (laughs) like and and even i'm i'm doing a better accent than they did in the
1: movie like
3: le neck breaker
1: and again it's uh, that was the part that i really really wanted i'm glad you do watch the whole thing was that i was like, like like what you just said again Sounds like delicious camp, but somehow it doesn't, it's not funny when it that's, happens.
3: That's why I started this off with like Gunn dancing off camera being creepy and everybody being paid to be there and not really wanting to be there. There's like a level of investment in, in a project like this that you could see people having a good old time with, even if the dialogue was shitty, even if they're being given bad direction, whatever. It did not feel like the people who are being there wanted to be there. With the exception of one guy, I had to look him up on IMTV. <laughs> he was um, Sergeant Anders. And he's like the cop, the the hard boiled cop investigating the um, uh the face collector in the okay. second the second one, his he is so fucking over the top. He goes like, "Pew!" straight past camp into like, "What the fuck is going on?" He's crazy. Like, does he get manos levels? Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. It's <laughs> Jeremy, like <just> Jeremy Irons. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Irons in in the first uh, in the first Dungeons Dragons movie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, the, John, this sounds worse than who's your caddy. <laughs> what uh,
1: was it? It's the Dracula. The Dracula in Van Helsing. I am
0: oh, no <laughs> It's not so bad. The, the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go
3: when you hear the term exploitation movie, right? Like the yeah. word exploitation is ugly and dirty, but then there can be fun exploitation movies where everybody's having a good old time, and yeah, girls get naked and the blood splashed all over the place and whatever. But it's like, can you dull the might... It's all in good fun. Turkey shoot, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all Australian fun. movies that are just pure pure insanity, and they're just like we don't know what the hell's going on, right? But everybody's having a good time.
3: Whereas with this movie, it falls into exploitation in, in the like – the oh, no, wait. They're actually being exploitive and this doesn't feel good. This feels fucking dirty and
1: gross. Enjoyable. No. So no. What, are the, what are the three vignettes about? Yeah,
3: the three vignettes. Okay. So the first one is Le Nick Bricker where there's this, this lady who is a um, – she's either like a stripper or a prostitute. She has eyeballs on her nipples. No nipples, eyeballs instead. When she falls asleep, there's a there's a gigantic spider monster who's like a man, like man like a man with white stuff pasted all over his skin and like four fake fucking arms under his arms and he goes Rah! and he runs around and he breaks people's necks. And then when she wakes up, he disappears and goes back into dreamland or whatever.
1: Like Neil so, Gaiman, Sandman. I guess. <laughs> Maybe basically, basically the same, same thing same time
3: okay well anyway so he um, uh, he wants to go run around and kill people eventually she re- realizes that Le Nipikar comes out whenever she's asleep so she she calls the cops on herself and then does a whole lot of drugs and passes out and dies but, cool. uh, but the spider is out and the cops burst in while the spider is out and they shoot him and they're like oh I guess we shot him <laughs> it's like they have no no delivery they don't it's not like oh what the fuck it's a giant spider monster I guess we <laughs> shot him that's that's the story. So then the uh, second one is the face stealer, face collector. Mm-hmm. So it's a, like a stripper who has an ugly face. So she wears like a mask on. And then she kills ladies and cuts their faces off and hangs them on a wall and collects mm-hmm. their faces. And then cops try and catch her, but then they don't. Cool. And then the third <laughs> one <laughs> – the 3rd one—that's
1: that, that, the elevator pitch—and the cops try to catch her. Yeah, and then they don't. Okay, that's next creepy. vignette.
3: So the third one—I I was really checked out at this point, so I might have missed part of it. There's the there's a contessa who is like a like she's this is like a period
2: piece. So she's she's a wealthy that's baroness. Hang on, hang on a second. <laughs> is there anything better than Glenn Danzig presents? A period piece.
0: <laughs> a I'll, answer that. Yes.
3: I'll answer that for you, Scott. There are many things better. <laughs> many, many things better. So, I mean, all I could get from this was that she she kidnaps beautiful maidens from the village and then cuts their throats and bathes in their blood. And then I think she kidnaps one who who's kind of into it and she like becomes her protege. I think it really broke down. It was really fucking long. And there was a lot of topless girls having blood sprayed on them. But it was like dry it was not fun and there was atrocious atrocious accents i can't i'm not even going to try but it's like imagine trying to do just like a random european you don't even know what you're doing accents and then all of them go in and out of their accents during lines of dialogue and then they give up on it halfway through
2: it's like i have one important question to ask uh, yeah (laughs) did this movie pass the bechdel test the what the Bechtel
1: test. Is there are there are there two women uh, who speak about uh, to each other have, to each other, and the conversation is not a, about oh. a man or referring to a man? Mm, well, I feel the Contessa one might. There's just just but but maybe they might they might talk about blood or something instead of them being a man. Um, this they, is just me projecting.
3: No no no, they might. They they're also uh, in the first one, the breaker, the the lady who has the eyeball boobies. Um, has a friend and they talk together about Le Neckbreaker.
1: Mm. Although well, I there, guess it is a,
3: a Le, so maybe then, but.
1: Uh, it, but he may
3: think he's a specter, right? Like it's not about a man in a room. I kind of got more that he was a demon. There's like a picture, there was like a shot or two of like a spider crawling around. I thought mm-hmm. it was, there was like a demonic influence happening there. Could this have been good? I would say yes. And it, I, and it's hard to say what would have turned this around, but I think it just would have been like fucking if everybody relaxed and didn't take themselves so
1: seriously. And if people just like, like, we're allowed to kind of ham it up and yeah, stuff, like, yeah, uh, but
3: ham it up in an enjoyable way. You should look up if, if you just want like a moment of the atrocity, look up Veronica like police investigator, I'm sure on YouTube, there's going to be some clips of like that guy delivering his lines of dialogue. And they're so fucking bad. And the, the cinematography is like a guy with a handy cam, just like holding it on these guys while they talk, you know, and it doesn't. Yeesh. Yeah. So obviously on a
1: very bad stage. <laughs> so how do you, how do you rank Veratica? A, it's gotta be low. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I, <sighs> I mean, so you just recently saw cats. Yes. Would
3: I watch cats before this movie? <laughs> I might. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, I might. That's pretty But cats
2: cats really really hurt. Really hurt really bad. I don't I, it hurts. Dragonlance than... Dragon is down there too.
1: Yeah. But I, w- I oh, would I would say like, Dragonlance like, before I would watch this in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, to your, I mean, I think I might have also been able to Here, Here's the thing, like,
3: bit. if you were if you were going to, like, go into into a, um, like, worst movie of all, like, The Room, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You can have fun watching The Room because it's all so fucking terrible and you can laugh at it. Yeah. It With this, if you were to put it on, you run the risk of, like, you and your buddies all sitting down to watch some titties together, which is, like, a little uncomfortable. And then, he, and then like,
1: and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, someone would not be wrong to say... Let's just put on some porn, porn, so that you know, like at least there's something happening with these titties instead of them just being like out.
2: See, you want and nothing to do with that.
1: that. So this and movie, all time, <laughs> yeah, yeah all time, the, actress,
2: the actresses in porn probably knew what they were getting into more than the actresses in
1: broad <laughs> so fair.
2: I,
3: I, oh, I don't the worry, thing, it's going to be it, art. Their performance feels so dry. I feel like. Nobody wanted to nobody there was buddies with Danzig or any of the producers. You know, they were all there taking a paycheck and they all knew what they were getting into and they were all just like, okay, let's just fucking do it.
1: Like there was there was a one of I wanna say maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. There was one of the Marvel Marvel porn parodies mm-hmm. or whatever else. There was like there was like some porn parody that apparently was like so campy and fun that they made an R rated cut. right Right? like like where they just like they they trimmed all the sex scenes to like a couple minutes that were still like there was still nudity or whatever but it was like everyone was like this is such campy nonsense with like bad over-the-top porn acting but everybody's having such a good time that they were like there was a demand to make an r-rated cut of a porn where no one was there to make a movie everyone was there to make a porn but they were having fun on set so it like it became campy fun this seems like the exact opposite of that man how did paranormal (laughs) entity get
3: all the way down there was it really worse than Sex in the City too? That's the knockoff paranormal yeah. activity,
1: though. Correct. <laughs> that was like paranormal activity. <laughs> was the film equivalent of me setting up my phone to like film my office for two hours, <laughs> 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 and flicking the lights a couple times? Like it's that is not a movie.
3: I, I like. I almost feel bad putting this on top of that because virtually <laughs> anything would be better. But I also, I, like, I, this, the, I think the thing that's, that... It has to go on top of Sex and the City, too, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about it, at least, and like I said, Ed, we only, we didn't even make it through the first thing yet. Yeah. Was just, like, the, the sl- like, how easy it appeared to be that this could have been good. Because, again, you just have, like, weird, like, heavy metal designs and, like crazy ideas like chick with eyeballs for boobs and all that. Like, never explained,
3: never addressed. Yeah,
1: exactly. Never. But like if, yeah. if you're like, oh, this is gonna be crazy. And I love the I think the most telling thing about it was I don't know if you if you took a look, is if you read the comments on Shutter. Yeah. which are normally some of the most forgiving commenters you'll ever see. Right. Cause yeah. they're just, these are, these are people who subscribe to a horror movie service who have a lot of time for horror movies. Yeah. And, and by extension, a lot of people even in the comments admit have a lot of time for Glenn Danzig. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the crossover is there. Yeah. The people are like, love the misfits, love Glenn Danzig. This movie is the worst. You know, like, <laughs> like, like you're like, I am subscribed to a horror film service. Love the misfits, love Danzig. And like one star. You know, like... Tricky Tricky part also was the music. The sound The sound
3: in general was fucking awful. There was one or two musical selections that were atrocities, and then I think there was one that might have been a, a Glenn Danzig song. I, I'm not 100% sure, because I don't really know his catalog very well, but it sounded like him. So does this go just above Sex and
1: the City? Yes, it sure does. Just above Sex and the City. That's very low. Um... However, it does provide a half decent segue. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if we're talking about like Veronica and spooky stuff, uh, WandaVision, Scott, are you up to date? Yep, up to date. It was Agatha Harkness as the internet had uh All supposed. along. Yeah, exactly. From like episode one, episode two. Yep. Uh, Who's so Agatha yeah, Harkness? Agatha Harkness in the Marvel Hatch.
2: Universe um, is a omnipotent witch character that had meddled in the affairs of both Magneto, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch and the Fantastic Four. Huh, what she's a witch sort is of like she sort of she's sort of like a witch version of the Watcher. Cool. Yeah.
1: Who yeah. like pop yeah, up the, and the...
2: Weird... Convergent. Yeah, depending
1: on the whatever canon version of the Scarlet Witch's origin story, being Wanda Maximoff is like she's either a mutant or she has straight mag- magic. And in the straight magic, which I believe is the now accepted, or is she now a mutant with straight magic? I don't know what the comic situation is. Mm-hmm. But in this, in the straight magic version of it, Agatha Harkness plays like is very, very a big deal. She's like one of the one of the one of the more powerful straight magic characters in the universe. Interesting. Like that? What's the source of her power? Mephisto. Magic? Oh, Wanda or Agatha? Agatha.
2: She's a witch. She made a deal with the devil. Oh. Yeah.
1: Mephisto. Mephisto.
2: I I'm I'm digging it a lot. I think that's uh, what Marvel Studios is doing with this series is so strange and weird that it kind of makes it brave because they're not holding anyone's hand as they're dragging their entire audience through like seven episodes now of nonsense. It's
1: it's TV history.
2: (laughs) Not just TV history, but like TV history done for no reason, like there's no real reason that they'd be riffing on Modern Family and The Office. In this nightmare's tale,
1: two episodes ago, it was Malcolm in the Middle. Like it even starts with like the ding, 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 like like they always have like intros yep. that are like very similar to the intro that they're riffing off. And it's like yeah. the Malcolm Middle is like them like whoa like spilling like you know cereal on themselves and stuff and like single camera like chasing the kids down the stairs and they're like it's crazy like it was so whole, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, exactly. awesome it's the best. It, it's so weird. <laughs> It's the the weirdest thing and that, yeah, while they're ultimately – what I like about it a lot is that they're telling ultimately a horror story, right, like in in terms of now, especially with Agatha Harkness and missing kids and whatever else that's going on. Like some very like spooky shit is going on and at the very least it's still – even if you remove that spooky shit, this is still like a grieving woman forcing – her version of reality onto the unwitting minds of thousands of people. Right. And forcing them to like live out her fantasy. And like every now and then they come out and they're like, this is horrible. Like, please make this stop. But she's like, no, thank you. And then just like makes them smile and walk through their like sitcom face. Like, so there's like that element of like horror is going on no matter what. Wait, and is now- it Wanda doing it? Or is it, is it this Harkness character? Yeah. Or it's, we don't know. Nice. It was Agatha all along. She gets her own theme song right at the end of the last episode. It was the best. She's like, it was me all along. And then it starts cutting through all the things, and she has her own theme song. Of like, <laughs> her in the background being like, wink, and, like, on all the stuff that's been, like, her machinations. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think the, the where they're heading seems to be that, yeah, it, it is. it's Wanda doing it, but Agatha, like, prodding her towards doing it. Is mm-hmm. the uh, it seems to be where it's heading, which obviously has a lot of fans kind of um speculating that Mephisto is going to tie in somewhere. Uh, both obviously with this is all like heavy magic all over the place. Uh, the first big uh phase four film is Steven, I was gonna say Steven Universe, uh, Doctor Strange, <laughs> Steven mm-hmm. Universe, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is the the first big going to be phase four film which also features uh scarlet witch on the cover mm-hmm. and i mean dr strange is like meddled with mephisto a whole bunch and like if you want a big bad that's like on thanos level that's mephisto but then there's the problem of how to sell actual devil to china
3: right which is not apparently
1: not legal they're not into like the devil that. over there yeah and mephisto is very much the devil the actual devil
0: yeah
1: uh the only I way it.
0: I can I think is it. if
2: you, you put him in a suit with an American lapel pin. He's the bad guy.
1: <laughs> China's all over it. It's true. If oh, it, it's, it's true. just like a dude, and you're just like I'm. Mephisto, wink. <laughs> you're like, there's nothing like devilish about him, other than the fact that he's just like a sharply dressed guy, and American I mean, American also... guy.
2: He's a sharply dressed American guy. That's you got to right.
1: make him the president
2: of the United States.
3: Oh. Have the comics addressed that the existence of the devil kind of Implies the existence of God. Like, does God ever show up? Not one of the Lots fun gods show you know, up. The, the, the not not Odin. Yeah, I mean, not the fun gods. Like, the, like the monotheistic version.
1: Like, is Jesus in the Marvel canon? Right. I
3: mean,
2: kind of.
1: <laughs>
2: As there's a character called Aquarian, who is basically Jesus. <laughs> Okay. Walks on water,
3: brings people back from the dead, makes bread. I'm,
2: I'm going to show you a little picture of him here. Yeah, that look does at look that. like look Jesus. At that
1: bulge. <laughs> what the fuck? Just yep. for the listeners. In the span of him saying, "Well, there was a character named Aquarian. he
0: just pulls Scott up the book.
1: Pull the book out. Some sort of a, some sort of a reference material to the Marvel, the official handbook of the Marvel universe. Uh-huh. you guys
2: the- don't keep this on your desk.
1: Weirdly, no. Uh, that didn't yeah. take long to get that. Yeah. That... yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is real quick.
3: Um,
1: yeah. All right. and, I
3: mean, okay. There you go. Man's question answered.
1: Know, but I mean, I think that, that even Marvel has kind of danced around it in the comics, right? Where it's like, it's not hell, hell. It's a dimension that is like hell that you can That's go right. to when you die. And there's lots of them. Sure. Yeah. I, exactly. I mean,
3: the existence of Odin and all of them says gods are, or maybe just
1: aliens. 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 aliens yeah. Yeah, I, got, I think that they handle hell a lot in the the same way that we're, like D and D handles it with Avernus and whatever, right? Where it's like it's a plane, but it's like it's not like anything else. You know what I mean? Like it's because like there's more another... than one hell. Yeah, Hell <laughs> got
2: her own land. Mephisto's got his own lands. Um, there's another one.
1: Yeah, it's very like fantasy setting. Mm-hmm logic with, with its thing of hell. But yeah, no, it it is interesting though, because like while all of WandaVision seems to be pointing towards potentially Mephisto, like people have found all these weird little like devil mask iconography that's kind of all over the place. The most recent episode had uh Wanda getting really like distracted by like a fly or an insect that was like crawling up. Cicada. Yeah, the cicada, which is apparently how Mephisto f- was first on like literally in the, in the comics before he ever materialized into anything was a bug mm-hmm. on the wall. So they were like, was it wasn't Mephisto. And then there's like, people have like, like enhanced the posters to find weird iconography in the posters. Mm-hmm. That's like super tiny and like out of focus and hard to hidden, but like really looks like little, little devil masks and whatnot. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't I really
2: concerned. be surprised if the Pietro character was Mephisto.
1: He was in the post credit scene. Is it over? Nope, more uh, two more, more episodes. More. Two more episodes left. Uh, he could be. I mean, a lot of people are also thinking that he might be Nicholas Scratch.
0: Mm.
1: So <clears throat> I don't know who it is, but, but yeah, my, my big question was how do they how do they navigate if they are going to have Mephisto as the, like the Phase Four big bad, and then still sell millions of movies in China, right? Yep. Again, just make him the president. Everyone will be fine with it. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, closing comments. Closing thoughts, topics. Guys, Uh, do not watch Veronica by Gwen Danzig. (laughs) Do not watch Veronica.
2: Stay tuned. Gina Carano is uh, accusing Disney of harassing her. Yeah. Because that's a shrewd business move. (laughs) To get on the wrong side of Disney. Disney, Fox, Marvel Studios, ABC. Just being like, hey, I never want to act again. (laughs)
1: Stupid, stupid, stupid Gina Carano. (laughs) So dope. Uh, uh, I was going to say, if you want to go onto the Patreon and subscribe to the 90s Deluxe level, we're probably going to talk about some movie trailers because I'm going to talk about some movie trailers. <laughs> this was 90s, everybody.
2: Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now.
1: If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those, or you could just, you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John.
3: If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions
2: answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9 <laughs> to blogs, and
1: comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.